Hello friends, and welcome to another episode of Bat Flips and Maple Dips. Uh, my name is Clayton Croker, coming to you from the Budapest of the pra Prairies, Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. It'll catch on. It'll catch on. Well, uh, to my left, we have uh, Captain Stats, Captain Rules, Justin Anderson, real good umpire here in Saskatoon. How's real, going, real good. Real good. You're the first person to call me that. Real damn good. Umpires <laughs> need love too, man. Umpires need love too. Yeah. And uh, joining us via Skype in the uh, the old Maritimes, not the new Maritimes, the old Maritimes, uh, Patrick Marsh. How's it going, bud? Good. <laughs> Very abrupt today. All right. He's a man of few words. Good. Good. He's Amish, apparently, friends. Um, again, thanks for listening. If you've never listened before, uh, we talk about some things going on in our lives, shoot the shit a bit, and then talk about baseball stuff, talk about the Jays, and then we talk about more random stuff. Usually ends <laughs> in an 80s movie reference. So uh, today we're going to talk about a hockey legend. Also, we like to mix in some hockey, maybe a Sandlot reference as well. Uh, talk about the Jays' slow start in spring training and some guy named Bryce Harper. Um... Again, thanks for listening. SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Music, TuneIn, Stitcher, wherever you're listening. Thanks a bunch. And again, share us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at BFMD Podcast. Give us a review. Whatever. You do you. I don't care. Um, since last time we recorded, how's it going, fellas? Patrick, you doing good? I'm a little scared by your, your attitude to start things off. Guys, I'm, I'm just a bit bummed this week. Okay. I'm a little bit bummed. Okay. A, lot of, a lot of my favorite uh, celebrities... Are biting the dust yeah. and uh it's got me thinking about my own mortality and uh the legacy that we leave behind really starting things life, off on life a positive is, note here wow this is Patrick yeah, the emo episode of bat flips and maple dips today <laughs> we're going to talk about the best eyeshadow to use for your eyes and uh the best good charlotte album so yeah buckle up uh no I, i'm i don't want to i'm feeling great actually so now i, I feel like a jerk for Feeling good, but, you know, got a lot of housework done, laundry's all done. I got number one in my shirt rotation going on right now because when you redo laundry, you know, like after a long yeah. time, you, you find that shirt you haven't worn in like three weeks, and it's like... The ace of the rotation. Man, that's the number one shirt. The ace, if you will. <laughs> yes, good reference. And it's like, man, wear my ace shirt <laughs> again, you know? Of I sweaters. really missed wearing it. Like, I totally <laughs> forgot what it was all about. So, I mean, sorry to... I got a question for you there. Okay. About that... How many times do you wear the, the the number one shirt before you put it, you, you take it out of rotation to wash? A hard three. Uh, twice with a shirt underneath it. Because my number one shirt is like a, a long sleeve hoodie kind of thing. It's it's kind of yep. off gray and stuff. It looks really, really good. So I'll wear it um, with a new shirt underneath twice. And if you wear an undershirt, you can wear it a couple times. That stank doesn't get on yeah. it. So I wear it yeah. a, good, a good three times because it's the A shirt. It, it can go the distance, you know, if called upon for the boys. So, I mean, what about you? Two, three? <laughs> for three. Three. Yeah. Three. For, yeah, like, three for a, like a, a, a sweater or something, yeah, as long as there's something underneath it, you can wear it a few times. I mean, a pair of jeans, you can wear it forever. Yeah. As long as you're not sweating it up. I'm glad we're all in agreement go. on this because we don't agree on literally anything at all. But, yeah, when it comes to the number one ace rotation <laughs> shirt, yeah, we can. We better start an agreement today because we're not going to finish there. I can guarantee that. No one likes to listen to three guys agreeing on everything, though. That'd be the worst thing ever. The best thing is, is that we all get angry at each the other by the end amigos. of it. Three amigos. Kevin Buller's not good. Yeah, save it. Um, Justin, I'm good. Patrick's bad. You're the you're the tiebreaker here. I'm I'm pretty good actually. You know what? We had Telemiracle here last weekend. Uh, good also Saskatchewan charity. So it's answering phones all night. Um, watched Bohemian Rhapsody on on Friday night. 
love that movie mm-hmm. it's pretty sweet you know see captain marvel in a couple nights so it's a good time to be alive um yeah okay let's get into some more sad stuff so to go to the sad stuff we go to the sad guy the sad one uh patrick marsh bring the sad buddy and this is it's we're we're joking a little bit beforehand because that's who we are but it's uh it's a tough one for you it is i was a big fan of the guy that we know as terrible ted Lindsay, and you know instead of instead of sitting here and you know Shedding it, shedding a tear, which I legitimately am, because I'm, I'm bummed about this. I kind of want to just celebrate what Ted Lindsay was able to accomplish in his career. So, um, we'll go. We have to go all the way back to the 1950s. Uh, Ted Lindsay was one of the stars in the NHL in the 1950s. He spent a majority of his career at the Red Wings, where his number seven was retired, all the way back in 1991. That was before Justin Anderson was even born. You're right. Uh, Ted. Yeah, Ted was a force on the ice and would bring four Stanley Cups to Hockey Town, um, but he should be remembered as a key figure in the building of the sport through his work with Doug Harvey to establish a players' union. Now, while the NHLPA wasn't formed until 1967, uh, both Lindsay and Doug Harvey would uh, battle in the 1950s to put a halt to the lack of pensions and the reserve clause that players demanded be changed. Uh, Lindsay suffered more than many as a result of fighting for players' rights, losing his captaincy in Detroit, being shipped off to the Chicago Blackhawks, who at the time were one of the worst teams in the league. Uh, CBC actually produced a great film called Net Worth, all about these events, uh, and it's worth a watch as a solid piece of Canadian film, as well as a basic uh, enough account of what happened uh, when Lindsay decided to do something about players' rights. Uh, like his fellow linemate and friend, Gordy Howe, <clears throat> Ted became a mainstay in the Detroit dressing room, often visiting to bestow his wisdom on to the young players uh, joining the team. In 2010, uh, the Lester B. Pearson Award, uh, given out by the NHLPA to the uh, NHL's most outstanding player in the regular season as judged by the members of the Players Association was renamed for Ted. So while he played, you know, over half a century ago, he has an enduring legacy in the culture of hockey as a tough competitor and above all else, a winner. So I don't know, do, do people talk about Ted Lindsay very much? Is he still as popular as what he was in the 50s and 60s and even in the 70s when he was an executive in Detroit? The one People story, still think about Terrible Ted. The one story I'll always remember about Ted Lindsay was uh, during his Hockey Hall of Fame induction in 1966, he boycotted it. He didn't go yeah. because uh, apparently wives and family members weren't allowed for some reason. He's like, well, this is garbage. I'm not going. So he didn't go to his own Hall of Fame induction ceremony because he stood up for what he believed in, you know? So that's kind of a cool story with him. But he's kind of one of those hockey players that flies under the radar because, I mean, he was kind of around there with Gordie Howe and that kind of era as well and kind of blended in with him, you know, kind of always kind of played a little second fiddle to him kind of. But I think that's that's kind of why you think of Gordie Howe first and then Ted Lindsay. But, I mean, it shouldn't be that way. It just happens to be two legends in the same era. So True. Yeah, that's the one I was going to say, too, is just, I mean, the guy was a force where he stood up for the players. He founded the players' union, yeah. I mean, right? So, I mean, this guy was all about kind of the, the greater good of, of the sport mm-hmm. and putting his best foot forward, which he did on multiple occasions. So, he, he'll be remembered for his play on the ice and everything he did off the ice. He's just a 
good all around. That's why there's an award named after mm-hmm. him, right? That's why he, that's why there's the Ted Lee Lindsay Award because he's the guy. He's the man. All right, from sad stuff to happy stuff because uh, Sandlot. It's coming back um, with the original characters, too. It's not going to be like a, a Home Alone 3 situation where they bring in another kid to play Macaulay Culkin. I hated Home Alone 3. Don't get me started. <laughs> but uh, they're going to bring back the old cast and apparently to uh, the director, uh, David Mickey Evans. That's his name. He was on the Rain Delay podcast. Uh, he said that he sold the pitch for a television series sequel to the original movie bringing all the original cast members back. So I'm going to ask you, Justin, what do you wish that the the plot would be for this show? I kind of hope it centers around the parents and also, like, their kids in the Sandlot, too. Okay. You know, and kind of like the, the next generation of the Sandlot. Yeah. But hopefully, I mean, obviously the original cast is coming back, so they can't just be about their kids. So I hope there's kind of, like, some real-world drama. Maybe they, they, they have to play a game against the team they used to play against in the Sandlot. Yeah. And they have to, like, go back and play against like some other middle-aged people (laughs) i'm kind of hoping that like they kind of separated and did their own thing and then they all move back to the same town the sandlot was at and again they all have kids and they're all like rival coaches you know there's like three or four baseball teams i mean you start learning their backstories throughout it like ham becomes a drunk and this is his like community service for dui or something (laughs) like that like pulling a gordon bombay or like i don't know i think Uh, it would be cool like the the whole kids angle you know like they're the parents and they're teaching their kids patrick did you see another like plot for the Sandlot show? Um, I really hope they don't pull a Riverdale and make it just like drama for the sake of drama, escalating it every week with killers and stuff like that. I want the Sandlot to just be this like self-contained universe where everyone's number one main concern is just getting a chance to go out to the field and play. But my question is, how much of the original cast is going to come back and does that mean Wendy Pfefferkorn is coming back? Wendy has to be there. Wendy yeah. has to be there to be the mother for her nine children, or however many her and Squeaks had. It was nine, right? I think it was nine. They had nine children. I'm trying to think of the narrator in the background there. has to be nine. Um, yeah, he has to come back. Benny the Jet has to be there. Squints has to be there. Ham has to be there. I think those are the main guys that have to be there. The Beast is probably dead by now. With no, so. with no ham. There's <laughs> no yeah. With no ham, there's no Sandlot. With no Benny the Jet, there's no Sandlot. And so, uh, Smalls as well. So you need Smalls. Is this going to take place in the like the 80s after Benny retires from the Dodgers? Yeah, that would be Remember serious. that Smalls was the broadcaster, right? Yeah. At Dodger Stadium. Yeah. I guess he had replaced Vin Scully or and was Benny working with Vin Jet Scully. the pickle, stealing home. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, it is it going to take place in L.A. or are they all just going to ma- conveniently magically move back to the the old neighborhood? Even though Benny the Jet is presumably a multimillionaire. Nah, I think it'd be modern day. Maybe he loses all of his money in a pyramid scheme or something and comes back. <laughs> and like those, some of those actors aren't doing great though. Like Benny the Jet, he's doing great. He's a firefighter. He quit acting. I don't know what his character is called. But Smalls has a couple DUIs. His mugshot's all over the internet, and he's like, oh, like he just looks <laughs> ripped out of his mind. Like, oh, I, I really hope this works out. So many a times, redemption you, story. So many times you hear about this, and it doesn't work out. Uh, let's talk about actual baseball, shall we? Uh, Bryce Harper, that. 13-year, $330 million contract with yeah. Philadelphia. Uh, Patrick, first impressions of the uh, contract, the length, the amount, all that stuff, the team. Uh, I mean, we talked about it uh, not too long ago, uh, what we were expecting him to make and whether or not it was worth the money. You know, it's always cool to see players get paid when they deserve it. I'm super glad that Toronto didn't 
make a serious run at Bryce Harper because I don't think he's going to be the player we think he'll be in 13 years. Maybe not even in 10, maybe not even in 8. And that's like a huge chunk of that contract, and it's going to be unmovable. So no matter what, Bryce Harper is going to be a Philly uh, for the next 13 years. It's just it's it's a lot of money. Do you know what's even crazier, though, is that when Bryce Harper's contract is up, the Mets are still going to be play, paying Bobby Bonilla yeah. $1.3 million U.S. dollars every year. Every <laughs> single time there's a contract like this, that's going to come up. It's just it's well, going to happen until that's over. There was the Nationals pitch came out later on they were offering to pay Bryce until he was like 51 or 59 or something like that so they were going to do a, the same kind of deal that the Mets have mm-hmm. right now they were going to try and do that yeah. to keep Bryce Harper um, I don't know if this contract is going to be unmovable I think the way that baseball is going we're going to see bigger and bigger contracts these contracts are going to become like average for for star players like this is an average star player contract not an average player contract so I think in a couple of years there'll be a there'll be a bunch more of these contracts when Mookie Betts and Mike Trout hit free agency, uh, and other guys along the lines of that. Once Vladdy gets there, if, if he's as good as as we hope he's going to be, um, these contracts are going to be started. You'll start seeing teams with one, two, or three of these on their payroll, and I mean there are teams like the Yankees and the Dodgers and the Red Sox that can afford these contracts. So I, people are still thinking that Bryce will get traded to the Yankees at some point during this. And maybe it happens, maybe it doesn't. Maybe the Phillies stay good for a long time, and maybe having Bryce Harper there as a cornerstone player keeps free agents coming in, they keep drafting well, and they just keep rolling on all cylinders. I think the Phillies are going to be a team to watch now, though. Is it going to be worth it for the Phillies? Like, Do you yes. see Bryce Harper playing to potential of this deal, or yes. is it going to be a bit, bit of a letdown? I think it's going to be worth it. Patrick, is it going to be worth it? No. I think eventually uh, the the return that you get for the money that you're paying to players is not enough. That's why we're paying Tulowitzki $38 million to go play somewhere else. So yeah. I think eventually, I mean, all signs point to Bryce Harper being a Hall of Fame caliber player, but 13 years is a really long time. That means he'll be, what, 40 when the contract is over? 30, mm-hmm. 20, 39. 39. 30, oh, sorry, uh, 39, I don't think he'll have a, a hell of a lot of baseball left in him at that point, if if you know, if not sooner. Um, question, how many World Series titles do the Phillies have to win in 13 years to make this contract worth it? One. Yeah. Just one. No. No, it's got to be more than one. You only need one. Baseball, because if any World Series that is taken away from the Red Sox or the Yankees or any of these mega teams is considered a huge victory because they win, <laughs> it seems like, all the freaking time. The, the Giants, other than them winning every second year for that weird, like, 2010, 2012, yeah. 2014 thing. But it's always the Yankees. It's always the Red Sox. So if you're the Phillies who, I mean, they were kind of good kind of in the late 2000s yeah, there when they years. got Doc and Ryan, Ryan Howard yeah was and they good. were they Ryan Howard was there they were playing pretty well but I like the Phillies haven't been good in a while so if you get this guy and they win one World Series I think it's a win for them does it matter how soon they win that World Series <sighs> I think so no I think if they I think they have to win one in Bryce Harper's first five years there I think because if they wait it out, like if he doesn't start delivering early, they're going to start booing him. They're going to start talking about maybe moving him because he's a disappointment. So I think he has to win it a little sooner. But if it happens later, it's still fine as long as he doesn't leave. But I don't know. The other guy signed the same day as Bryce Harper. Just just as big as a name, really. Like uh, Clay Buckles. Not really. Uh, Here's the thing. 
he had a really, really bad end in Boston. Boston. He Some injuries. I mean, his curveball's legendary. His curveball is filthy, but he he kind of lost it when he was in Boston. But I had no idea he played this well with the D backs last year. Yeah. He was seven and two with a two ERA and sixteen starts. He threw hundred innings. He came back about it's half of the season. Pretty good. Like I, so. I kind of thought he was done. I thought I caught, I, I kind of thought he was going to be like a. A long relief spot starter kind of guy, but man, he has potential to be a pretty good yeah. move for us. I think us. he was a bit of a head case at the end of it in Boston. Like mm-hmm. he got hurt a couple of times, and then he was just he just couldn't he couldn't tell convince himself that he was healthy. And the contract is really good too, three yeah. million with three million in incentives, so potential to be six. Do you think we got a steal here, Patrick, or do you think it's just a another classic Jays move, bringing in a veteran that doesn't have a lot left? I think Clay Buckholtz is probably better than Clayton Richard. Uh, and that he might be better than Matt Shoemaker. So it makes me wonder why uh, Atkins already promised a rotation spot to both of those guys and then brings on Buckholtz. And it makes me wonder, how is this supposed to work if four of the rotation spots are already promised and Buckholtz is coming in? There's no no promises in baseball. It's almost as if you're saying this management is kind of untrustworthy, hey? Hmm. (laughs) If only someone had been saying that since the very beginning. Oh, you get the red red string out. Very weird, hey? Oh, wow. These Atkins and Shapiro guys, they're not as nice as they seem to be. Hmm. Interesting. (laughs) Very interesting. Oh, Hmm. boy. Throwing around promises. I think Buckles is going to be in our starting rotation. He has to be. We got no one else. Oh, yeah. Shoemaker has impressed me in the spring training. Yeah. Shoemaker has looked really, really good. Um, whether or not Buckles is stretched out long enough by opening day, there's 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 talk he may start in the pen for a couple of weeks while he gets loose and then slot into that rotation in like the second week of the season or something whenever he gets up to speed. Because, I mean, the guy hasn't pitched. He didn't report to spring training mm-hmm. first, when pitchers and catchers did almost a month ago. So he's a little bit behind everybody else. Whether or not he's been uh, trying to lengthen out his his start, his his innings and pitch counts and stuff on his own, but I mean, pitching in a game is different, right? So we'll see what happens. But I don't know. I don't, I don't think Clayton Richard has a guaranteed rotation spot. I th- I think the only guaranteed rotation spots are Stroman and Sanchez. Still, I still believe that those two guys are in there. And, and the way Sanchez has pitched this spring, um, he's had two really good starts now. Uh, two great, great outings, and Strowman's bounced back after that first one, that rough one that he had, and he's been better since then. But yeah, I've, I've been impressed by Shoemaker as well. Mm-hmm. I still see uh, Buckles, like Patrick said, as better than Richard, so we'll see Way what happens better. with that fifth spot. The only thing is, though, we had to DFA Dwight Smith Jr. because of the pickup. Yeah, it's too bad. And the old Batflips Maple Dips group chat between us three kind of went a little off. Patrick <laughs> had nothing but all caps to say, and that's never a good thing. Um, <laughs> so who would you rather see in DFA'd other than Dwight Smith? I'm going to guess his first name starts with a Joe. Or a Danny. Or it starts with a Joe. Or Danny's not on the 40-man, I guess. He got he got outrated. He's in. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand why you would DFA Dwight Smith Jr. when there's a very good chance that he's going to get picked up by somebody. Why not? Why wouldn't you? He's he a, hasn't been He's yet, a superb though. athlete. Sorry, go ahead. He hasn't been yet, and it's already been 24 hours. So we'll see. That's... That's true, but there are also a lot of teams right now trying to figure out their cap situation yeah. at the same time, well, right? And everyone so, else or, has full. Well, not their cap, but like their <laughs> their salary openings, because yeah. there's still Dallas Keuchel and a bunch of other uh, players who are free agents looking for a place to play. Honestly, I I can see Dwight Smith Jr. passing through waivers here, 
and and going down to AAA. He doesn't. I don't know if he'll have to go because if he's DFA, I think he can elect free agency. Um, but if someone hasn't scooped him up now, everyone else is in the same position where they have full forty man rosters unless they're saving a spot for a free agent. And if you're looking for a free agent like a Keuchel, you're not going to give a spot to to Dwight Smith Jr. and just have to DFA him again right away. Um, so it's it's interesting that he hasn't been picked up yet. So we'll see what happens. But there's, I think there's a decent. It's probably about fifty fifty that he gets claimed. I think he's. Gonna but get why claimed. over? Why over be a genie? I guess is the question. Is it because Pitching. Dalton Pompey uh, has come in to train like, well, or, uh, spring training so hot? Or think, think about we ha- we also have other outfield options like Alfred and Davis too that are also out there. Like the outfield um, backup competition is pretty is pretty stiff right now. So Biagini's yeah. a, a pitcher who has pitched in the Billies and has had some success, be it a couple of years ago. So I, I think what they're going for here is um, stick with what they know could work versus Dwight Smith Jr. who doesn't even have 100 games played in the bigs, right? No. So We also got Bud Norris, $3 million a year. Again, classic Jays bringing in that veteran arm in the bullpen. We do it every year, and we do it about three times. Whatever. Good for Bud Norris. We needed some bullpen help anyway because our bullpen is a complete nightmare. Um, Salvador Perez done for the year, which means Danny Jansen, uh, third most valuable catcher in the American League. Is this good news for Danny Jansen, or do you think it's too much pressure on a young guy right now, Patrick? Uh, I like it because it does put pressure on him and this is kind of a good year for him to have a baptism by fire, so to speak, because it, it appears as though we are on pace to see a lot more of our younger players starting in AAA, which means even lower expectations as far as how the season's going to go. Yeah, no, I, uh, I don't think this really puts pressure on him so to speak i don't think denny jansen really looks at the zips projections too much um and i mean <laughs> <laughs> it's it's tough to say that's and that's just one projection so i think danny's danny's had a n- nice couple of days his last couple, past two games I think he had a couple of hits in today's spring training game so he's he's picked up a little bit offensively and he's and he's looked really well behind the plate too this spring which has been the even the more important part i just hope jays fans don't get on his case if he starts out slow they won't. Because, again, he's a rookie catcher. He's got a lot to worry about. It's not like, again, it's not like he's playing second base or yeah. outfield or whatever. He's playing catcher. He's got to know all the pitchers. We've, he's got to know all the signals. He's We've seen rookie catchers come up and start hot. Yeah. JP or Encibia. Exactly. And, then, and so, then where are they now? That's true. He's some sort of broadcaster somewhere. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Making me look like an idiot, man. That's fine. Whatever. Um, also, um, last thing before we get into spring training talk, Devin Travis. Yeah. Hurt oh, again. Inflamed left knee. Um, Mike it's Wilner the other tweeted knee. out. Yeah. Mike Wilner tweeted out that, yeah, he's he's frustrated, fighting back tears, all that stuff. Like, Do you see Devin Travis turning it around, being healthy for the Jays this year, Justin, or no? Honestly, now it's the it's the other knee this time. They say there's no structural damage again with the MRI, but man, this guy just—you feel bad for the dude. He just can't catch a break. Like just when you think that he's finally, maybe got a chance of being what we think he could be, this this kind of thing happens to him. He's just gonna be behind the eight ball again when it comes to being ready. I don't know. I I when I I was kind of drawing up a a roster chart to make my case for the fourth outfield spot later, <laughs> and I had a hard time. Uh, putting Devin Travis on the twenty-five man roster. Yeah. So Agreed. I don't know. I think I think he's got options left. So worst case scenario, he can start in AAA, and if he plays well enough, he can work his way back up. Uh, but I mean, I I just think it's probably just time for him to 
or for us to move on from him. Patrick, do you think he's done or is he still got something to contribute? Man, it's sad thinking about how so many great athletes in the history of sports have had their careers cut short due to uh, due to injuries. And Devin Travis is going to end up being one of those players that has their career cut down before they even get a chance to kind of stretch their legs and uh, no pun intended and, Mm -hmm. and actually get a chance to do what they're capable of doing when he was healthy. uh, He he can hit 300, but the problem is that he's almost never healthy and he's kind of like too low in that sense except Tulo at least had like eight or nine years where he was healthy. Yeah, I wouldn't be comparing him to Tulo. No, I'm just saying in the sense that like not getting a chance to like play to the full potential, not as far as ability. And it's just sad to see another player just be absolutely ravaged by injuries and just never put it together. I think this is, this like the end is nigh for Devin Travis, I think. Yeah, I think he's... Which is I think Sad. he's done. He's, he's done. He will keep on the roster for a bit, but, I mean, if he can't be on the field, he can't prove that he's healthy and he can play. So, you got to be able to play. It sucks, but that's that's kind of the way it goes in baseball. Uh, let's talk about some spring training, because after a little bit of a rough start, two and six, Jays have won two in a row. So, we got some positives. We beat the Phillies 9-7. We beat the Tigers 5-2. to um, Looked pretty good doing it. Joe Biagini even looked pretty good. I mean... <laughs> You know, things are going pretty well when, hey? Aaron Sanchez yeah. against the Phillies there had two and two-thirds, three strikeouts, two walks, though, but whatever. Um, throughout this whole spring training thing, we'll start with you, Justin. One player who's impressed you, one player is disappointed. For me, it's got to be Tasker Hernandez, who's impressed me. Mm-hmm. Um, he's 7 for 14 so far. He's walked three times and struck out three times, so he hasn't struck out a ton yet. I mean, only 14 ABs, mm-hmm. but good for him for at least taking some walks. We always talk about that. Mel Patrick's a huge fan of guys taking walks. And if, if Tio's added an eye to his repertoire, that makes him even more valuable to keep in the lineup. Uh, disappointment for me so far, man, probably maybe all of the catchers outside of Jans in the last couple of days, offensively anyway. I mean, Max Pentecost hit a home run one time. I think even Pat Cantwell, who's like or probably our fifth catcher in the in the organization mm-hmm. has hit a home run, but just I I was watching a game where Maley was catching, and he looked terrible in a couple at bats. And he was, he looked like he learned a little bit from the Russell Martin school of plastic bags last year, mm-hmm. and he was just he was just hacking away and took a, he took a couple of pitches that were right down the pipe and it's just come on man swing the bat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are my two. Patrick. Uh, the guy who has impressed me is Guriel. Mm. I think maybe that's just a blind spot for me, but I just think this guy is like an incredible athlete and he has power. He has, I wouldn't say no speed, but he's got like something there. I just think he's going to be an all-star and like Devin Travis going down is like the perfect opening for him because it means that we can have Freddie Galvis in the lineup. And I'm really happy with him too. It, it was close between the two of them as far as which one I've enjoyed hearing about the most. Uh, the person I'm most disappointed in is Vladimir Guerrero Jr. I am not saying that he has had a bad spring, but I thought he would hit way better than 220 or 230 or whatever it is that he's up to so far. I just 
there's another thing that kind of bothered me, and it's not it's not necessarily the weight. It's the fact that there's been a lot of media uh, coming out saying how he's 250 pounds and how that's kind of a, maybe a, uh, an issue as far as his speed goes. And I'm not in favor of criticizing an athlete because they packed on some pounds. Uh, I like my, my hitters nice and juicy, um, like Rowdy. And I don't know, like, maybe Guerrero didn't come into spring training as uh, as prepared as we thought. And I don't, maybe I'm wrong. That's fine. It's still, it's also still, like, super early. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. strikes me as someone who doesn't need to try a lot during spring training and practice and has a switch where it's game time he can come in and play because he is so fat and juicy and... That's what kind of happens with those fat guys. Like, they need to be like, okay, I'm just going to mash the ball here. I hope that's the case. I haven't seen enough of him to judge yeah. that. Because Prince Fielder had that. Like, Prince Fielder is, looks a lot like Vladdy in the, in the gut sense. And he just kind of had that switch where it's like, okay, I'm just going to start taking it serious now. I hope Vladimir Guerrero Jr. has that because, yeah, it doesn't really look like he's taking it too serious. Uh, for me, a guy who's impressed me, Bo Bichette. Uh, doesn't surprise me at all. Um, again, he's got a home run. He's got a couple walks. He struck out four times, which is kind of tough, but he's batting 333. I still think he should be called up not just in September, but early in the season. He's so good. He's so, so yeah. good. Uh, the person who is kind of disappointed, though, Luke Maley, hmm. um, hasn't really done anything. And, I mean, with Danny Jansen, I mean, he is the guy, but Danny Jansen is still young. He's going to need some time off. Like, he's, you still don't want to, like, overload your young catcher. You still want a veteran guy back there. And yeah. Luke Maley, I mean, you gotta you got to be a little bit more reliable than what you're doing well, right he, now. He knows the pitching staff, right? So exactly. So you kind of expect a little bit more out of him. Yeah, but other than that, I mean, we're 4-6 and six now. Bad start. Uh, coming up here, though, um, are you guys looking forward to seeing Clay Buckles or – yeah, I am. I, I'm excited to see him because he, he's pitched in the East before, obviously, with Boston. So, he, I mean, the guy's pitched in the Yankee Stadium before. He's not afraid to go up against the best hitters in the league. So let's let's see how he goes. I mean, <clears throat> it's really a nothing-to-lose kind of deal. It's a cheap contract for us. So he maybe he does maybe he pans out as a start. Mm-hmm. Maybe we put him in the bullpen. Patrick, do you think that our young guys, Hernandez, Bichette, and Gurriel, can stay hot or no? Yeah, I do, especially with Hernandez. Something is different. Um, he is more patient at the plate, obviously. And I think that's a really good sign. I remember last year we, we complained or I complained nonstop about the fact that Hernandez was not taking walks and he was striking out, you know, two, three times a game. The fact that he is seven for 14 and has three walks. I like it because we need a guy who gets on base. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, we uh, we watched video of Tio mashing bombs all winter down south mm-hmm. in the Spanish leagues. So I mean, let's let's hope he can keep it up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Two more questions here. Um, because Brucky and Sean Reed Foley and those guys, because they haven't looked so good, are you guys kind of happy that we got our veteran pitchers now? Like we got guys like Shoemaker, we got guys like Buckles, and are you kind of resting easy now because our young guys haven't pitched as well as we expected? Yeah, I mean, Barucki looked okay yesterday. I think he pitched three innings. He walked three but struck out four. There was something that came out where he's he's been throwing the ball harder than he was. All. He's been 94 on the guns, mm-hmm. and last year he's about 90-91. So they're, they're, they're talking about how he needs to just kind of settle down a little bit. It's good that he's strong. 
um, but he's kind of overthrowing his sinker and it's not sinking as much as it should and it's leading to a little bit of uh, location issues so that's that's just kind of, he's kind of overthrowing right now but I mean the guy seems like he's in good shape if he's throwing harder than he ever has so it's a good sign that he's at least taking taking it seriously right are you worried about Baraki and SRF uh, Patrick or no no, I think the signing uh, of Buckles pretty much cements the fact that we're going to have that super-powered uh, Avengers lineup in AAA of young uh, flamethrowers with Panome, Baraki, Sean Reed Foley, Thornton. I think they're all going to start the year in AAA, and I think our rotation is going to be uh, <clears throat> Sanchez, Stroman, Buckles, uh, Shoemaker, and Richard. I just think it, I I just think it makes sense, and it's those all those guys I just mentioned. They all have options, right? So it's not like it hurts them to go down to the minor leagues and you know pitch a ton of innings. Maybe get refine their game a little bit more. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, we're not going to contend. Although I have to say, if that's our starting five rotation, I don't think we lose ninety games anymore. I think I think this team is better than the credit that they haven't been getting so far. That's not going to be our rotation, though. I, I think they're going to get hurt all season long. Can we pitch nine innings every time out, though? Because our bullpen is shaky in those middle innings. We can do that. It's fine. That's not a hard <laughs> thing to do. That, that can be done. Uh, last question, though. Um, yeah. Battle for the fourth outfielder spot. McKinney versus Pompey versus Alfred versus Davis. Uh, real quick, Patrick, who do you got winning it? Does McKinney have options? Yeah. Does Alfred have options? Yep. Does Davis have options? Sure does. Then the fourth outfielder is going to be Dalton Pompey, just because logic, and uh, he's actually had a tremendous spring. Yeah, I'm with you there. He doesn't have any options left. If they want to stick with this guy, they got to give him a shot now. I went and did a pros and cons list. I just finished watching Parks and Rec again, so I'm going to do the Leslie Note pros and cons list here. Go on. Dalton Pompey, pros, switch hitter, great defender. He can steal bases. He's got a decent walk and strikeout rate numbers in the minor leagues. When healthy, he bats at least 270, and he's a better hitter as a lefty against right-handed pitching, which is something we do need because our roster is seriously right-handed heavy, especially with our power bats. Our only true lefties on the 40-man are McGuire, Rowdy, and McKinney. We have like five switch hitters between Morales, Smokey, Galvis, Urania, and also Pompey, and then a ton of right-handers. The cons against Don Pompey, he's been injury-prone for the past two years. He's already 26, so obviously he's probably not going to develop too much more. Uh, he had some attitude issues in 2018 that the Bisons actually had suspended him at the mm-hmm. end of the year. Um, and he's got no options left, so if it doesn't work out, he's probably either going to get traded or just DFA'd. Um, I think we got to give Dom Pompey this shot. I mean, from my list here, I've got two extra probes over the con, so obviously he's a net positive. Oh, well, right then now. obviously he's going to get the spot then. <laughs> and I mean, between him, like obviously Teoscar, Kevin Plyer, and Randall Gritchick are all right-handed batters. So having Pompey as that option, not only for late-game defensive substitutions if we're up, he can replace Teoscar, who is the worst defender of those three by far, and also he can come in as a pinch runner late in the game if we're down and then go into the outfield he can play center field he can play right field he can play left field he can play anywhere he's fast um and it gives us a chance that any he can kind of give either three of those guys a day off 
if we're facing a right-handed pitcher who one of them say has struggled against in the past he can come in and put that left-handed bat in the lineup and obviously the switch hitter he can switch sides if the other team decides to bring a reliever in later it's just the versatility of a left-handed guy um, who can switch hit who has speed I mean I, I don't see any reason why Billy McKinney beats out Dalton Pompey if they both put up the same numbers in the spring apples to apples I think that Pompey wins the job based on his his versatility as a switch hitter and as and his speed. I don't know. I think it's going to be Pompey, but it should be Alfred. Pompey's he he's like, got I like seven Alfred strikes. Too. He's got like seven strikes yeah. on him now. He's this is his, his well, chance. this is his last chance, right? But he's had his chance. He's had like six yeah. last chances. Well. Like I'm done with him. <laughs> I, I love Alfred too. I'm I'm a huge Anthony Alfred fan. I I want to see Anthony Alfred. He had some injury issues last year. I want to see him do get off to a great start in AAA and kind of push the envelope and push his way onto the active roster. He's got to do that. He's got to earn it. We can't just give it to him. Uh, Pompey was very unhealthy last year, had some issues. But if if he can continue the spring play for the rest of the rest of spring training, I think uh, he's got a good shot at being productive this year. All right, with that, I've got a question for you guys. Just mm-hmm. one quick thing before we go. Yeah. Uh, how old is Jonathan Davis? Is he twenty five? He's the or same 26? age. I think he's twenty six as well. Okay, so he is pretty much out of options. If yeah. Dalton Pompey does make the squad. And McKinney and Alfred are sent down. Is Davis going to end up being a victim of circumstance? Yes. I are we so. okay no with options. that? Yeah, there's no other options. Like, I don't think we have a choice. I mean, McKinney's, too many guys. McKinney's 24, and I think he's got more upside than, than JD does. Uh, the new JD, not Josh Donaldson anymore. But uh, I, I think that Davis has less upside than McKinney. Um, Alfred is still the best defender of any outfielder we have in the organization, potentially, anyway. He's got to figure out the bat. I think Pompey's the most ready to move into that fourth outfield slash platoon situation. Um, I don't know. I think, yeah, I think I think you're right. I think Davis becomes the victim of circumstance, Patrick. I think that's it, boys. Uh, who picked the extra song today? Not I. I think it's your turn. I just fired something in there. Okay, go, Jays. <laughs> really? Oh. Really? We got some and I didn't know what to songs. do. I was under pressure. I was going to give you a solid and Ooh, do Speaking of under some... pressure. Okay, no. <laughs> I was going to pick some maritime bands. I was going to go with Lord Huron, but no, we're going with OK Go Jays. No, don't, don't. Don't do don't. No. <laughs> go you with, go, no, go you with your it down. Guys. You wrote it down. You dig your own grave, sir. You dig your own no, grave. No, don't. No, let's let's get let's let's go with go with your gut, Clayton. You're nope. the uh you're the quarterback nope. here. It's OK Go Jays. That's what we're doing. Enjoy it, everyone. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at BFMD Podcast. Give us a like. Give us a share. Whatever. You do you. Remember, it's still early. It's still early. <laughs> it's, it's still real early. Who knows what's going to happen? Literally no one. Uh, SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Google Play Music. We're all over it, especially Spotify, too. Uh, for Patrick and Justin, my name's Clayton. Thanks for listening. We'll uh, talk to you next week. See ya. You got a diamond. You got nine men. Got them from spring till fall Got a dog and a drink And the umpire's call What do you want? Let's play ball Is that a fly ball? Or is it a seagull? Coming in from the lake Just to catch the game It's the last inning Our guys are winning Dave's put down a smoker A strike And you got no doubt What do you want? 